Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is August the 17th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good. Let's see, work-wise, overall a good day. Bouts of uh, annoyance. But hey, that comes with the territory, you know, sometimes it just is what it is. Overall, though, you know, still a good day. Still my favorite day of the week, of course, of course. Um, one, um, a little bit of a hitch I had is, um, yet again, my thunder thighs struck again. And a minor hole that I had in my little hoochie daddies. Um, I was like, okay, you know, that, that's a thing. I'm sure, you know, this is probably going to be the last year, last season for these. Okay, that's fine. We had them. You know, we just did it. Okay, cool. Um, but sure enough, it looks like the season, it, it's come to an end. Come to an end sooner than I expected. Um, the holes, I realized, were not just one hole. Holes, they're multiple now. They're getting bigger. I was like, I'm at work. I don't like. I don't want to be going like Hulk, like you know, full Hulk right now. Like this is not what I asked for. So sure enough, I just made the resolution to be like, let's just go to Dick's. Let's just re up. I literally got the same pair of joggers that I've bought previously. Only they're the size I should have bought them. Like I, I had bought. A pair of larges because I was like at a smaller weight at this point though I'd already kind of realized like Isaiah you were definitely not there like this is not that body anymore and I'm like no no we're gonna go back to it don't worry we're fine they're elastic and they are actually pretty good like they actually aren't as bad as like the ones uh that were starting to rip but um I was like nope we've learned now the extra large is the way to go it's comfy and we you know we're not flexing for anybody at the end of the day I'm still happy with where I'm going weight loss wise, it's very incremental, you know, very small baby steps. But I, I don't know, I've noticed that the times I've noticed that I've built discipline, like in myself are the times where I'm not as focused on the end results. I'm more focused like on, oh, I want to do this for the betterment of myself. Just point blank period. That's enough to get me in the room. That's what I'm doing this for. And I, I will then commit to do a thing and it'll be like a struggle for like a few days or a few weeks, what have you, what have, what have you. And I pull it together and, I, and it sticks and I feel so good when it does. It's happened a few times. Technically, this podcast is one of those things. So, you know, you're, you're a part of that, you know. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, let's see here. There's really no food corner to really talk about. No, no nothing radical, nothing new. It's all the same. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm, I'm eating all right. Uh, let me go ahead and do my little intro. And then, um, you know, my little intro, intro break. I don't know. I, I never know what to call these things. And we'll get into some news. Talk about the world. Everything in it. Well, you know, four things. Okay, from ABC News, political leader in Ecuador is killed less than a week after presidential candidate's assassination. So Ecuador is just just fucking heating up, apparently. 
Um, but the unprecedented violence shaking Ecuador claimed the life of another political leader Monday, bringing the number of uh, politics-related slayings within the last four weeks to three, including that of a uh, presidential candidate. The fatal shooting of Pedro Briones, a local leader of Revolución Ciudadana, the party of former President Rafael Correa, was confirmed by Luisa Gonzalez, the frontrunner in Sunday's special presidential election and member of the same party. Uh, I actually heard her talk... I believe it was like ABC start here and she was talking about um I'm not I'm not sure she was talking about the death of uh, Briones. I think she was talking about the death of the person we had covered previously uh Villa Vicinio and um essentially I think people were saying like oh well he didn't like have a, a vest on or anything like that but it's like no the the, the candidates have like you know security so you know it's not like the precautions aren't being met here and also i which i was kind of annoyed with it might not have been sorry here this might have been a bbc thing i don't know either one but essentially like what i was annoyed with was it's like but he got shot in the head like like not to be morbid or anything like that like there was just nothing this guy could have really done like he had upped his security and now people are upping it more and in the situation of gonzalez she's choosing to not uh, wear vests, but also up security, uh, I guess for somewhat religious reasons, but I think more or less for what I just, you know, reference is like, look, these guys are not playing around. These motherfuckers are, are doing the statement. Like they're aiming for the head. They are not playing. So, um, they also shed a little bit more light too, in this article about the, uh, Los Los Chineros. There we go. I think I got it right this time. On Saturday, authorities moved the leader of one of the country's most powerful gangs, Los Chineros, into a maximum security prison. Villa Vicinio had accused the group and its leader, Adolfo Maquias, uh, alias Frito, or Fito, I'm sorry, uh, whom he linked to Mexico Sinaloa, Sinaloa cartel. Uh, threatening him and his campaign team days before the assassination. Now, in um, Villavicinio's assassination, we talked about how there was a gang that, you know, they were, you know, clad in masks, balaclavas, and they said they were Los Lobos. And they said, yo, we did it, we're claiming it. But then the Los Lobos came out, no masks, and they're like, yo, we did not do this. It was actually Los Chineros. So I feel like this light, at least for me, I, you know, I don't know if I'm being swayed here. Maybe it might be Spin City, but um, it goes, oh, okay, you know, these guys have reason. Like they were already threatening. They actually carried out said threat, and you know, maybe that they were just actually trying to kind of do a little bit of subterfuge here to not make the retaliation worse, because uh, it does turn out that like. Um, apparently like, I think like, uh, government officials, police actually wind up raiding the prison or something like that. So, I mean, that's fucking intense. Um, let's see here, but, um, apparently like jail inmates and they, uh, like they protested, they were upset. They want peace. Uh, they want the return of Fito. They've been posting signs, stuff like that. 
Um, but authorities haven't disclosed the motive of Villavicinio's uh, assassination. Uh, also, I don't think they have with uh, Baron Barones as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it does look like this is some kind of like suppression campaign by, you know, either Los Chineros or gangs in general. I don't fucking know. But, um, you know, hopefully I, you know, will have the results post-Sunday from the election in Ecuador. Maybe we can talk about that. That'd be good. Um, hopefully there's no more big assassinations because, damn, I mean, that shit's fucking crazy. Uh, let's see here. Let's go ahead and move along. Um, from the Associated Press. Texas woman accused of threatening to kill judge overseeing Trump election case and a congresswoman. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, a Texas woman was arrested and has been charged with threatening to kill the federal judge overseeing the criminal case against former President Donald Trump in Washington and a member of Congress. So, the perpetrator was Abigail Jo Shree of Alvin, Texas. Uh, she called the federal courthouse in Washington and left a threatening message using a racist term for U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin. And this takes place, this took place on August 5th. Also, a bit of correction corner I'm going to inject in here. A little, um, I referenced some of the disparaging comments that uh, Donald Trump was saying about Fannie Willis in Georgia and also the judge. I fucked that up. I meant Tanya Chutkin in the Washington case. She was a judge that, or yes, this was a judge that uh, Trump was upset about. I don't know if they've named a judge yet, um, or uh, I just don't know. You know, uh, it's over my head yet. But um, yeah, got that confused. Wanted to correct that here. But yeah, so <laughs> she was so upset. She was posting TikToks about this shit, and. Um, she decided to go, okay, no, I'm actually going to put this on hard wax. I'm going to call. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, let's let's go ahead and read this. In the call, Shri told the judge who is overseeing the election conspiracy case against Trump, you were in our sights. We want to kill you. If Trump doesn't get elected in 2024, we are coming to kill you. Uh, she also threatened to kill U.S. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee a Texas Democrat running for mayor of Houston. So she was just peppering it all in. She's just like, y'all all can get it. Y'all all need to go down. <laughs> and um, they, you know, arrested her. They talked to her. And she said, yeah, that was me. Uh, but then she went on to say, it's like, look, uh, if she actually, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, like, she more or less said, oh, I didn't actually mean it. And I think her family tried to say, like, oh, she, like, has, like, a problem with alcoholism, and, um, she's actually not violent, but she can just really come off as, like, you know, belligerent or whatever, I don't know, she, they, sure, 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 but, um, no, I mean, these motherfuckers are taking it seriously, and when I heard that she actually sent in a call, I'm like, yo, yeah, that's too far, like, we already covered the Peterson motherfucker who's, like, in his fucking Geely suit, <laughs> taking pictures and shit for Facebook, um, making the worst statuses ever. <laughs> like, this is not even funny. It's not even interesting. Like, if this is your manifesto, brother, like, at least, like, put some bazaz in here. Like, make it... I don't know. I don't know. I can't advocate this shit. It's terrible. Um, we live in interesting times. 
But yeah, just wanted to talk about that. I'm going to throw in that correction here. Oh, man. Let's go ahead and move, sadly, to a, a successful assassination, technically, murder, um, from USA Today. Microsoft executive Jared Brid... I looked this up and I still can't pronounce it. Brydgen? Brygen? We'll say Brydgen. Um, Jared Brygen's ex, Shauna Gardner, is now charged in plot to murder him. So this is looking like maybe the third and final suspect in this case. I guess you can say it's a bit of a part two here, a bit of an update. But uh, former Microsoft executive Jared Brid- <laughs> Jared Briggins' ex-wife, Shauna Lee Gardner, has now been charged in his ambush death in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. State attorney Melissa Nelson held a very brief news conference Thursday announcing the final update to the high-profile case. She said prosecutors will seek the death penalty against her as well as having already advised they are doing uh, with the with her co-defendant husband, Mario Fernandez Saldana. Now, excuse me, Saldana, who's 35 years old, was arrested March 16th in Orange County on charges of first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, solicitation to commit a capital felony, and child abuse. Uh, let's see. They tasked Henry Arthur Tennan, who is 62 years old, and was a tenant of, like, he was living in the home that uh, Mario owned. And essentially, they turned him into a would-be hitman. And uh, they set up the scenario where after Bragan drops off his twins with uh, Gardner and Saldana... He takes, he, he goes home to, you know, with him and his daughter, I believe two years old, and there's a tire in the street. So he goes out to kind of investigate what's happening, potentially move the tire, and is gunned down by Tenen. Now Tenen is arrested, he just turns over, and then the dominoes fall where they fall. Now, um, Garner is kind of like, you know, the last piece of this she had moved out of florida uh she had said because of you know all the publicity was very negative she just wasn't um healthy environment for her and her children but um yeah it looks like the law caught up with her and um yeah she's also now going to be put on trial now you guys know how i feel about the death penalty even as this as fucked up as it is it's very sad but um you know i i still feel that way i i don't i don't think this should be on the table but i'm not surprised this is florida you know all bets are off it might as well be a fucking pvp zone so you know this is what it is player versus player if you're not familiar um and if you don't get that sorry i don't know like <laughs> you got google uh but obviously you know it, it's a very sad state of affairs but um you know i am Curious to see how this trial is going to go now with all, you know, parties now in it. Um, I'll keep you posted on whatever I find in the news in the future. And that's going to lead us to our last bit, our last news story thing. (laughs) Uh, Which means I'm going to take my last break and then we'll do it. We'll cover it. We'll talk about it.
yummy. All right. Our last story, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, comes from Yahoo News. Warrant allowing raid, <coughs> still coming. <coughs> Warrant allowing raid on Kansas News <coughs> newspaper withdrawn due to insufficient evidence. Ah, uh, all right. A Kansas newspaper, which is called The Record, by the way, raided by local police last week, had its equipment released Wednesday as questions remain over the legality over the initial seizure. Seizure. Seashell seizures by the seashore. Uh, the Marion County Record published the weekly edition of its paper for the town of 1900 on Wednesday with the headline, Seized but not silenced. The outlet had been targeted on August 11th by the Marion Police Department, which hauled away the seven-person staff's computers, cell phones, and servers. Using old equipment, the staff worked through the night uh, Tuesday in order to get the paper out. We would rather die than get... We would rather die than not get published, the paper's publisher, Eric Meyer, told... KSHB41, which I gotta say, I admire the tenacity as um, someone who's been trying to do this shit daily now for, a, I don't know, I feel like I'm doing it for about a year now daily. I, I get it. You just, once you get the dog in you, once that shit starts barking, you're just like, no, this is what we want to do. Like, we're not going to stop. And um, I get that, like, like, Maybe some people might be thinking that the fact that someone died over this is like, oh, that's being dramatic. Like, they shouldn't have been so worked up. But it's like, no, like, this is literally these people's livelihoods. So I, I believe, yeah, it was Eric Meyer's mother. She literally passed away, like, over this. Like, there was complications. She was an old lady, you know. But the idea that, like, now you're being attacked by the police over what? Doing your job? Like, uh, and we've talked about it a bit. There are more details that they go into here. Um, let's see here. Yeah, it was Joan Meyer who passed away. Um, but let's see. Currently, Bernie Rhodes, who is the uh, Kansas City attorney representing the paper, um, they haven't exactly, like, said, um, what exactly they plan on, like, filing, like, how it's going to go down, like, what was violated here, what's your, you know, what's your line of attack, more or less. Uh, but essentially, I think they are saying that, um... Their First Amendment experts have said the actions are potentially illegal under the Federal Privacy Protection Act of 1980, while others noted that the 2010 Kansas Reporter Shield Law should also have prevented the seizure. So I guess, no, Ro uh, Bernie Rhodes hasn't said any what they're going to do yet, but, you know, those are potential lines of, you know, defense here. Um, but yeah, no, this shit does feel totally fucked up. They hit multiple places for the seizure, and it kind of looks like, too, that it wasn't over just the Carrie Newell thing that I mentioned. Uh, essentially, her restaurant was potentially in jeopardy. She did some drunk driving shit. It kind of got leaked out. But now I mentioned the paper didn't leak it out. They did the investigation, and along the way, they, they've learned a lot of shit, and they brought it up to the police. The police didn't get back to them. They didn't go forward with the story. But then next thing you know, they're they're being told, oh, well, we're, you know, gonna, 
uh, look into your shit and they're getting fucking raided and they're like, whoa, like we have the information here ready for you. We inquired about said information. Why did you guys raid us like this? It just doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> why did you guys take our equipment? We were willingly giving you this shit unless you guys wanted more. Like, and he's trying not to be conspiratorial about it, but he's just like, I just can't, I, I kind of can't think anything else. Um, but in addition to Newell's accusation, Meyer said his paper had been investigating the town's new police chief, Gideon Cody, after half a dozen or more anonymous sources from Cody's previous job from the Kansas City Police began reaching out with allegations that he retired from that job to avoid demotion and punishment over sexual misconduct charges and other things. The paper had not run any stories about Cody because it couldn't get anyone to go on the record, on the record, uh, or acquire his old personnel file. I added that, the double record part. It just felt cool. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it, it, okay, let me read what Meyer says here. But the allegations, including the identities of who made the allegations, were on one of those computers that got seized, Meyer said last week. I may be paranoid that this has anything to do with it, but when people come and seize your computer, you tend to be a little paranoid. I also mentioned that Newell has kind of like catered to cops a bit, so maybe that's an angle. Um, but yeah, no, this shit just, it rubs me wrong. I definitely don't like this shit. I definitely don't think this is okay. I am glad that they got their shit back. Um, what else did I want to hit here? Um... Let's see. They talk about Magistrate Judge Laura Vire, who was appointed earlier this year and signed off on the controversial search warrant. She has her own history of DUIs, so that's kind of suspect. Um, some silver linings, though. The paper got 2,000 new subscriptions last week, most of them digital, but people came in person to show their support of the record, which I thought was pretty cool. That's awesome. Um... But yeah, man, no, this shit doesn't look good. This is a bad look. Like, why did you guys move like this? Why did you guys move so hard on a local paper that's just doing their job? <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, no, something doesn't add up there. Um, you know, either they were like, you could say favor of a friend maybe is a reason. But then the fact that, like I said, like, nah, like, they might have been on top of some shit and you guys didn't want to verify and said you wanted to see what was on those computers. Oh, that was the thing I didn't want to forget. Okay, so the police say, because I gotta, I gotta add this for just counterbalance, they say, we didn't actually go through them. We seized all the equipment, but we didn't go through the computers. Like, they double tapped to say that. And um, the records, people have said, I think the roads, hey, we had a forensic expert pick up those computers and they're making sure that you guys are saying, what you guys are saying is true. So hopefully that's the case and they're on the level there. But I mean, you know, maybe they were trying to see what was up. This is my speculation corner. You're here now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would at least say, hey, this is uh, a dub because they got their equipment back. They didn't have to use shit. They didn't have to use like, you know, uh, secondary equipment, you know, they were at least able to get their shit back, and, um, yeah, we'll see what happens from here, man, um, 
Cozy little town in Kansas, I guess, man. It's just popping off, you know. Hey, but I go where the news is, you know. That's what that is the power of the internet, and uh, that is the beauty of the newsstand. I feel like that's that's what I'm trying to do here. I just want to talk about some shit. I want to bring a bunch of stories together for the day and just uh, you know talk about me along the way. <laughs> that's all we got. Uh, that's it. Uh, let's see. Thank you so much for tuning in. That's already a dub. You're already a winner for doing that. You've already, you know, enriched my life. Uh, but if you'd like to financially support, patreon.com slash Isaiah News. You do become a newsie. I shout you out at the top of the month. Uh, you know, if there's a project thing you'd like me to shout out on top of that, I will do that for sure. And then, or if you don't want to, you know, shout out, you're going to be a little silent whale. Uh, I will totally support that, and I will, I will take your donation. Thank you. <laughs> um, if free ways to hit me up, news one at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow the podcast, there I'm on all the socials pretty much. Uh, I'm also available. I might not accept the follow. Who knows? But, you know, you could probably DM me. I'm available. Please don't be weird, of course. That'd be strange. But, you know, obviously friends welcome, of course, of course. You, you already know the vibes. You know the vibes. Um, let's see here. Also, subscribe to the YouTube. That helps a lot. And then uh, thumbs up. High reviews. And, um comments those are always great so yeah thanks so much for tuning in thanks so much for being a friend and hopefully i see you soon for some more good news i love you bye bye